0: Welcome back to the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life video podcast. This is Life Coach Myrna Young, and you are listening to Transformation Fridays with Coach Myrna. Today, I want to talk on the topic, what to do while you're waiting on love. And we are going to look at the book by Ivanka Van Zank, the book that's called In the Meantime. And I'm taking, um, we're going to do like a book study today. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, um, uh, Coach Myrna is going to be giving advice and what I think that we should be doing while we are waiting on love. But Ivana Van Gantt's book, In the Meantime, the author gives us instructions and in how to prepare for love and what to do while we're waiting on love. She says that there are four floors that determine where we are in our ability to be a great partner. The basement, the first floor, the second floor, the third floor, and the attic. Obviously, what we're going to do today is we are going to dissect what it means to be living on these floors. And obviously, you know, Without even hearing another word from me that the basement is not where you want to be and the ethic is where you aspire to get to. But before we look into where you're living in love's house, let's look at why we need love. What is love? Why do we all aspire to have this experience, right? So because life is about love, love is the only true meaning of life. And if you've lived life and you've missed love, then you haven't really lived, right? They say it is better to have loved and lost than to have have never loved at all. So you want to have that experience. You want to be, it takes you from the body to the spirit because love is spirit, love is energy. And this body that we have is just matter, okay? So being alive means that we are occupants of love's house. Whether you're living in love or not, you're occupants of love house. And we are accountable to love's rules because it has rules. (laughs) And um, uh, we all want to experience it. We have rules and it's just like motherhood. You know, It doesn't come in a manual, but there's rules. If you can screw up your kids by not knowing what to do as a mother, even though nobody gives you a manual. Same as love, you know, it has rules. And most of the times we mess up because we're human, right? As women in particular, we are not always aware of how our needs leads us into the dark corners looking for love. We look for love in all the wrong places. So we always seem to end up alone and in the basement looking out the window Waiting for it to come. You know, that seems to be our experience because when you're looking for love in the wrong places, guess what? You're not going to find it. What you're going to do is find the heartache. So that's why there's rules. You know, we all have this biological clock, and we also have, you know, culture and you know, people saying that you need to be in a relationship for anybody to think that you're worthy or you need to be married and you need to have kids. And, you know, that's our culture. If it wasn't our culture, then we wouldn't want it. Right. So we want it. So our biological clock is always ticking or we don't want to be alone. We desperately want to be loved, you know, and we end up, you know, with the wrong person. And men know that women are responders. So what do they do? They court us. They buy us dinner. They give us gifts. They treat us nicely. For what? Until the cookie comes out of the jar, right? You know, listen to my last episode. We'll talk about that. And then, you know, sometimes they go on their way because they got what they want. And they move on to the next conquest. Because a variety is the spice of their lives, right? Not ours. So while you're in the meantime waiting on your next relationship, we have to you have to know where you live. And you have to become aware of what you need to work on. So as if you can move up to the attic. <laughs> All right. So let's start looking at these floors. Start off the basement, right? In the basement of love's house, your house needs cleaning. The basement is where you throw all the stuff that you don't want. There is dirt and clutter everywhere. It is time to pick up, sweep out, get rid of the old, useless, worn out stuff that you've been hanging on to. You need to get rid of your baggage because that's what makes you be in the basement. You got all this baggage, you got this luggage that you're carrying around on your backs, right? It's a dirty job, but someone has got to do it. And that someone is you. You can't play in a dirty basement. Most basement dwellers become angry and resentful, blaming others for their misery. How many of you know that victims have no power? You and only you are responsible for the choices in your life. If you went after that man, even though you know he had a girlfriend or he had a marriage and you ended up being in the basement alone and hurt, it's a choice that you made. You can't blame him. You made that decision on your own, right? So stop blaming others. Unfortunately, victims of love can never seem to find anyone to love them the way they wanna be loved. They're always being cheated on, treated badly, used up, and dumped because they go into it with a need. They go into it needy. And when you're needy, someone's always going to take advantage of you. In relationships, basement dwellers are obsessed with issues related to survival. They hang on to people in order to survive. A battered spouse lives in the basement. A friend of my daughter tells me the other day that she'd pick any man because she can't be alone. When she's alone, she can't get up out of bed. So that's a basement dweller, right? You take the abuse because you need a warm body or you need somebody. Whatever it is you need, you need to be with a man. So it's never going to end well, right? So what do you do if you find yourself living in the basement? This is a coaching show. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to take back your self-respect and set up boundaries and how and how you want to be treated, right, throughout the baggage that you've been holding on to. I know that you collected it and stored it up from the hurt all the way back to your childhood and what every man has done to you. Now it's time to talk to a therapist or a coach and uh, let them go, right? See them as colored balloons and they're floating away. You have to deep down, reach down and throw them off your back because you're going to be like a hunchback, hunched up with all that baggage and all that stuff. You need to throw out your baggage and your dirty laundry, Because if you don't, you will take them into your next relationship. And it would also end. And you will also be in the basement again. All right. So that's what you got to do for the basement. All right. Now, the first floor is a little better. You're moving on up. (laughs) But like I said, you must know the rules if you want to play the game. You are the love that you seek. That's one of the rules, right? You are the companionship you desire. One of the rules, right? When you live on the first floor of love's house, you are still occupied or preoccupied with physical love and satisfaction. You are still asking yourself, why aren't I pretty enough, desirable enough? Why isn't anybody loving me? Why can't I find a man? you feel incomplete and worthless you are probably blaming your parents for not loving you enough or something you have to make self-care a priority so tell yourself you can't find anyone to love because you are not thin enough you have to change that because how many times do you know that men still love overweight women So you you can't go around saying that nobody loves me or I can't find a man because I'm overweight. And even if you are overweight, what do you do? When you look in the mirror and you see something you don't like, you and only you have the power to change it, do the work, right? But what I want to share is whatever you project is what men see. It is part of your aura and it's not attractive because when you lack lack self-confidence, you become a magnet for unavailable men, you know, they can pick up on the fact that you lack self-confidence. And guess what? They just want to hit it and quit it. So you are the perfect person for them to hit it with, right? So there's also, you know, your mindset and how you think when you're on the first floor. In Ivanka, or Vanlam. Ivan Yala shares a story in her book about what love on the first floor looks like. And this is the story. This male couple was very much in love. They were the perfect match for each other. The problem was that one of them was living as an openly gay man, and the other was living in the closet. Not only was living in the closet, but he was living with a woman and engaged to be married. This is so sad, I shouldn't be laughing because this is really serious stuff, right? The openly gay partner kept pressuring the other one to tell his fiance that he's gay and move in with him, right? He pressured and pressured. And then finally the guy says, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna tell her that I'm gay and I want to um, move out because I'm in love with someone else. So he goes home to do that. And what does he find? He finds his mother weeping like crazy in the living room because some uncle had died, an uncle had caught AIDS from a gay person and she hated all gay people. And he decided that he couldn't do it. So the other guy is home. Listen, women have been there, right? This is just a story about gay people, but women have been there, right? So he's there with the champagne, and he's there waiting for this person to move in and he's there celebrating. And he didn't even get a call, didn't even get a call. Guy said, you know what? I can't tell my fiance that I'm gay. I can't break my mother's heart. So what did he do? He just discarded the person that he was supposed to be in love with. And this person sat around, you know, very hurt, very upset that the person that he loves decided to live a lie uttered him to be with him. But the author asks the question, why did an openly gay man fall in love with a man in the closet? Not only in the closet, but living with a woman and engaged to be married to this woman. The same scenario plays out all the time with women who fall in love with married men. As I'm telling this story, I'm actually in the place of a woman that's doing the same thing. The man comes to her and says, Oh, I don't love my wife. I'm only there for the kids. And you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come with you. And every month or every time he says, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave. Oh, you know, my daughter is doing something and I have to wait until she's gotten here, or or my wife is sick and I have to wait. But they have no intention of leaving and you just sit there and wait. And then finally, either you give up or he stops seeing you, you, whatever. But then why did you make that choice? Why did you go with someone that's unavailable hoping you would be the person that's going to lead him out? No. Subconsciously, you're sabotaging your life because you are hoping that someone does something that is out of your control. So you're sabotaging our life. So that's what love in the first floor looks like. You're not necessarily in the basement, right? But you're not making the right choices. You don't understand the rules. You are still not fully into your self-worth or fully into your self-esteem, right? So that's what happens. All right, we're moving on up, right? The second floor... Is you have to learn to have a relationship with yourself. The second floor is where you know that you're in a meantime relationship because you want to. Let's say that you know I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not by any means you know you know putting a stamp of approval on this. Well, let's say you meet a man that he's got a girlfriend or something, or maybe heaven forbid he's even married, right? but you don't go into it like the guy in the first floor. You don't go into it hoping that he leaves that person and comes to you. You go into it with your eyes wide open. You go into it because you know, this is just an in the meantime relationship. Maybe you're one of these people that just want physical sex. You don't want anything more. So if he decides to not come one day, you're good because you are in it knowing that it wouldn't last. You are in it because it's an in the meantime relationship. People have those all the time. It's a really bad thing to do because one of love's rules is that you don't know when you're going to fall in love. So you might go in it thinking that you're only going to be here for a little bit, right? And then you get caught, you get, you fall in love and um, then you get hurt. So You know, it's not um, a good place to be, but at least you know what you want and your heart's not broken if somebody says, I'm not coming back again, right? So, I mean, you do not enter relationship in need. You enter them by choice. Your eyes are wide open. You know, this is not the forever one, but he's the one for now. Maybe you like being held. Maybe you like having company to go out. Maybe you like having someone to talk to at the end of the night before you go to bed. You know who you are and you never lose yourself in the relationship. And nobody is using you because you are there by choice. He might think he's using you, but you're there by choice. Nobody is using you. So you are comfortable with you. You are comfortable with your choices. You're willing to wait for the right man but in the meantime you're not letting cobwebs you know you know <laughs> you are you know you're doing something right you're not letting the cobwebs grow all right so let's get on to the third floor we're moving on up right so living on the third floor is a cakewalk because you have all the information you need to move through any situation you understand That love is an energy that heals everything. You learn to apply it to almost every situation. And here is an example of third floor love, what it looks like, right? So Tim was a surgeon and Laura was a nurse. They worked together for about a year before they started dating. When Tim suggested that they get married, Laura agreed. Shortly after the honeymoon, Laura realized that Tim was always critiquing her in a way that was like a backhanded compliment. He would say things like, Why are you only a nurse? You know there are only glorified shop queens or slop queens. You're smart enough to be a doctor. Or he would comment on her hair, your, your hair is pretty, but you know what? It will look much nicer if it was shorter or if it was straight. So what he did was he kept eroding her confidence because he was always critiquing her and trying to make it look like a compliment. Then Tim, because he obviously was one of these controlling men, decided that it was time for her to get pregnant and decided to throw out her birth control pills because he was a doctor, right? So Laura didn't want to have kids. So what did she do? She took her pills and was taking them at the gym. She kept them in her locker at the gym because she figured it, you know what? I don't even know if I I want to have kids with this man. You know, the marriage is not where I want it to be. You know, I'm not comfortable in it. You know, I'm I'm not feeling it. Right. So then one day, like his good old self, he comes to her and says, what's wrong with you? Why can't you get pregnant? It's been four months and you ain't pregnant. What's wrong with you? And she couldn't take it anywhere. She blurted out. She says, I don't want to get have kids for you. I don't even know if you, I like you. You're just like my father that controlled my mother all the time. And she, he was shocked because she was one of these women that pleased all the time. She didn't say what she wanted. She didn't say what she needed. But she was living on the third floor. She know that she didn't want to have She didn't want to have kids for this man because she didn't know if she liked him, right? She didn't like their marriage. So she said to him, you know what? I'm going to take three weeks. I don't want you to call me. I don't want to talk to you. I want to understand if I want to stay in this marriage. I want to do the self-evaluation. I want to go through what we've got. got. I want to figure out if I love you, right? Because she didn't like him. That doesn't mean she didn't love him, right? So two different things. Right, so I'm gonna take this time. She texted him every day to let him know that she was okay because you know, hey, men worry if they love you, they will worry. So she texted him every day. She kept in contact with him, and the end of three weeks, she came back and she told him what she wanted. She told him how she wanted to be treated. Guess what? (laughs) He agreed. When you're in the third floor of Love's house, you demand what you want. You just don't take the scraps. You say, this is what I want to be treated. And if you're not with it, then get to stepping. (laughs) I love that. Yep. On the third floor of Love's house, you realize that life is but a dream and you are the dreamer. And as a dreamer, you know that you can change any scenario anytime you wish. You demand what you want. You are able to change the scenario. You are not a victim. You become the player. You say what you want, right? Okay, we're at the top floor now. We're at the attic a lot of us are never going to get there because it takes work. You know, you've made it to the attic of love's house. Take a look around. Everything is in tip top shape. You look good. You've done good. You've made it to the top of love's house and love is a sweet, sweet. The attic is love's sweet, sweet. (laughs) All right. You're getting the pun, right? Okay. All right. So What does it look like to live in the attic of love's house? Life in the attic is what the film, The Notebook is all about. I just watched that again recently, and it's so beautiful. It was, you know, like hundred times that I've loved it, that I've watched it. But I love love. I love love. You know, it makes me feel good, right? I get right into it. So, but yeah, it's about unconditional love, right? You know the story, Right. They loved each other at 17. The mother wanted him, wanted a girl to love somebody that was rich. And she loved him. And then she came back and they fell in love. And the story was being told from she's living in a um, a retirement home where she has Alzheimer's. She doesn't know him. She doesn't know her kids. But he knows her. So he's there and he takes her out and he wine's dines her, and he reads to her and all that. And for five minutes, she'll remember him. And then then five minutes later, it'll be gone. And she's screaming, who are you? Take your hands off of me. I don't know this man. And when the kids said to him, mom doesn't know you. She doesn't know us, you know, you need to come home. He says, well, you know what? I know her. That's what the attic is all about. It is unconditional love. It is love that does not see color. It does not see status. You love the person, like I said, even when they don't love you, even when they don't know you anymore. It is where Jesus lives. It is where Buddha lives. It is where the archangels and the healers out there to tap into infinite energy lives. It is the realm of the spirit and the highest level of the mind, it is where you want to live. But like I said, a lot of us is not going to get there because you need work. You need to do the work to get to the attic. But all I want you to do is make sure you're not in the basement or maybe not even the first floor. Even if you don't get to the attic, right, you got to move up from where you are if it's not working for you. Obviously, if it didn't broke, don't you don't need to fix it. Right. I wish for you to live not in the basement or even in the first floor. So if you've listened to this episode today, and you make a connection, because you always listen when you're hearing something that's about you. So if you heard something that's about you and it registered, that's what I want. I would like you to be aware because awareness is the first step to change. You can't change anything if you're not aware of it. <laughs> so I hope I gave you something to think about. And for those of you who are living in the attic, where we have this perfect world and you have a family and you have a man that loves you and everything is roses then help another woman, right? Be a mentor to somebody and share the love. All right, well, listen, guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Transformation Fridays with Coach Myrna. Hope to see you back right here, same time next week for another episode. Until then, namaste.